0: Take a listen wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Hold up.
2: The producers of this podcast recognise the traditional owners of the land on which it's recorded. They pay respect to the Aboriginal elders past, present and those emerging. We did 19 rounds of IVF including frozen transfers. And although the drugs and the low moods and the miscarriages and all of that was an absolute killer, it wasn't doing all the IVF that the hard, was the hardest part. It was the giving in and stopping.
0: Penny Lane is one of those people who pops up on daytime television selling all sorts of different things. She looks down the barrel of the camera and delivers a compelling script about a mop or a miracle moisturiser or a pizza oven that turns your kid into a genius. And she delivers it all at a very steady tempo. You know those people? And there's always another lady standing to her side who's ecstatic about it, but in a very controlled way. She's got that controlled ecstasy. That's That's a real skill. Now, before you think I'm being bitchy, you need to know what Penny Lane knows, which is that I love her. I really do. I think she's the most magnificent person because the story behind how Penny Lane built her business and indeed her life is incredible. I'm Michelle Laurie, and this is Calm Your Farm tips and tricks for taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus. Penny Lane is a warrior woman for real, and she has been since she was a teenager. If there was any justice in this world, Penny Lane would be living on Easy Street by now and she would have everything her heart desired. But
2: of course, that's just not how life works, is it? I don't think anyone can get to 47 without a good few struggles along the way. Due to a lot of family issues at home, when I was 13, I went to live with my nan and my auntie. And then by 15, I was living out of there with my boyfriend's. I didn't finish school, which was a shame for me because I like school. Although school's not a valid path for everybody and it's not the be all and end all. I would have liked to have finished school, but I was always ambitious and I worked through my 20s a lot, I usually had two low income jobs. And um, but the hardest time of my life hands down was when Brad and I was doing IVF. We did 19 rounds of IVF including the frozen transfers. And although the drugs and the low moods and the miscarriages and all of that was an absolute killer, it wasn't doing all the IVF that the hard, was the hardest part. It was the giving in and stopping. That was the bit that I really, really struggled with because you always hear all of these stories about somebody that knows someone that got it on the 19th go or got it on the 21st go. And because I'm so tenacious, I never thought for one second that it wouldn't work. I just thought I have to suck it up and keep going. And then about at the same time, um, Brad retired from boxing. Um, He was a professional boxer won a goal for Australia in the Commonwealth Games, and he was really successful. Um, and I was working full time plus them, and we were renovating a house and it all just became too much and we broke up. And it was an absolutely devastating time for me. Um, I don't think there's any pain like a broken heart. I think someone could have come round and cut my leg off and it wouldn't have hurt as much. But looking back now, I don't think we should have been allowed to do that many rounds of IVF in such a short period of time. And recently, over COVID, I found out I've got a lot of abnormal paraproteins in my blood, and they're cloning themselves. And I'm having further tests and CT scans to see if there's any tumours. Um, and I'll never know for sure. But all of those drugs that are pumped into myself couldn't have done me any favours. So, if anybody listening to this is doing IVF and they're on the same journey as Brad and I, you know, just so hopeful. What I really recommend is getting some counselling and some proper independent advice on the risks because I didn't. When I was doing it, I didn't look after myself. I didn't look after myself at all. I was doing injections before I got on a plane, you know, to go up to Sydney. I had a miscarriage before I went on air at TVSN, just literally when I was walking on air Um, and I didn't look after myself. I just pushed on through. I don't think I did I give my body chance to recover even through it. It's been about four years and we've still got some frozen embryos actually that if we ever found a surrogate we would do we would do that um, but I think everything you go through in life brings you to where you should be as cheesy as that sounds and there's been some moments. In the last few years where I've been in a certain place or time and and just thought this is exactly where I'm supposed to be and I would have gone through all that again. I'm a foster mom now and um, I wouldn't have done as much fostering I don't think if I hadn't have gone through all of that IVF. And I'm really grateful for the opportunities that I've had and to support some kids that really needed it. Some of the kids um, that I've fostered have had fetal alcohol syndrome, ADHD and really intense anger issues from all the hurt they've experienced that they can find it really hard to regulate their emotions. And I've tried meditation a million times, but it was when I actually saw with my own eyes that it was working. So there's some great apps like Calm and Headspace. And if you do a three to five minute meditation with a kid that's finding it hard to regulate their feelings, The difference in those few minutes is unbelievable. So when I actually saw those changes, that's what got me into it. I'm still quite impatient. So just the 10 minute one is probably as as long as I'll do it for. But um, the guided ones as well, but just the short ones. And I do think it works. When you see the kids change and then doing it every single night with them, and seeing how different it makes them and that calm, and that, you know, just that routine, a bath, meditation, story, all of those things just completely changes them. Sesame Street, I've got some good ones, actually, where you wrap them in a blanket and they find the cuddly teddy. And one little boy, I was just getting to smell my perfume on my wrist and that would bring the emotions down. All kids are different, but it's just finding different strategies to do it. without blowing my own trumpet here, my biggest strength is my resilience. And I've learned a lot of coping strategies along the way, mainly through trial and error. Um, But the first coping strategy, just to keep your own head together, is forgiveness. Mm -hmm. If you've lent anybody money and you're still chasing it, let it go. If someone's broke your trust or took you through a ride, Just let it go, it might be easier said than done, but if you look back at it and think about the part that you played in it, because you had to let that happen, um, you can view it as a paid lesson and now you've got that knowledge, you'll actually benefit from it. Another thing that I do is I know what my values are and I plan my diary with that in mind. My values, honestly, are family happiness, having a laugh and making money. And that might sound a bit shallow making money, but I love work and I use a paper diary on my desktop and I always book appointments, meetings or catch ups with that in mind. And actually I actually have them written on my desk where I can see my values so I don't forget them. And I always schedule my time with my values in mind. So if I'm out and someone says, oh, do you want to catch up next week or can you do Tuesday at two? I don't have my diary in my phone, so I always tell them I'll get back to them. And that makes me really think about if I actually want to go or if I've got the time to do it without compromising my values. Another thing that I do that people might find um, useful is I love a list handwritten every single night. Once the little one's asleep without fail, I rewrite it and I prioritise the next day with the five things at the top, which are my must do's no matter what, and I'll finish them before I go to bed. I'll write down questions that I want to ask people, but this helps me switch off and park everything that's going on in my world on that bit of paper, and I can leave it there till tomorrow. I can't relax or switch off until everything's in its place. I know it's so boring, but I do do those things with a glass of red wine in my hands, and I find that if you drink organic red wine, you don't get as bad hangovers. Maybe if you drank the whole bottle, you might, but a couple of glasses and you're in. What doesn't work for me is being around loads of people and small talk. I think that is probably the only thing I can't bear doing. I know loads of people, um, but my circle of friends is small, and most of my best mates are hardly speak to, but I think about them all the time. My partner, Brad, he makes me happy. He's six foot two, he's covered in taps, he's got a gold tooth and he's a retired boxer. He's an absolute weapon. But he has got the biggest heart. He's calm, he's grounded, he's quick-witted, and he knows me. He knows that I'm tough and I can handle things, but he also knows when I just need a cuddle. And I think being an athlete in a solo sport, he's used to spending a lot of time on his own and he's comfortable doing that. So he doesn't put pressure on me for my time. He understands my workload. And being left to just get on with it helps me feel supported.
0: For more tips on taking care of you from the unlikeliest of gurus, including recipes for relaxing body products you can make at home, things to read and watch instead of scrolling through your phone, cheap, cheerful and calming gift ideas, go to calmyourfarm.com.au. We'd love to hear your ideas too.
2: This has been another Smartfella production in conjunction with the ACAST Creator Network.